0: in 2011 Steve Jobs died uh-huh. and as you know I'm in the middle of this book called The Founders about the start of PayPal uh-huh. right Elon Musk plays heavily in the situation and this isn't meant to talk about his politics, which a lot of people do, because some people think he's conservative. I think he's more libertarian than
1: anything else. And I don't even understand the whole libertarian whatever it is. It's kind of a, kind of in the middle of everything. I think.
0: Yeah, in in some ways it's conservative, and in some ways it has some liberal stuff in it. There's oh no. a motorcycle outside your.
1: Yeah, that was really loud. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Um, it's
0: not your fault, babes. I this isn't meant to comment on his politics, but <laughs> yeah. I noticed when Steve Jobs was alive, people yeah. would say some things like, "Well, Steve Jobs would really tackle this problem," uh-huh. or "Steve Jobs would take care of that issue." Uh-huh. And now I've noticed that the th- same thing is going on with Elon Musk, uh-huh. where they expect him to solve all the world's <laughs> conflicts.
1: Oh, are you talking about like when it comes to space and technology?
0: Yeah. And what they don't realize, now this, again, this is outside of politics, Mm -hmm. is both men are showmen in a sense, right? They're going to show you the best version of their products. And Elon Musk especially has a history of saying things like this product is going to be revolutionary and it's coming out in September. Uh Then six months later, it might launch in a more beta version of what he promised. Uh And that's no knock on him because you got to do what you got to do as a businessman. And he's more successful than anybody right now that we Mm -hmm. know of. Uh He's currently, now I think that there are people in the world who probably have more money than him who don't advertise it. Uh But as far as what we know, he's like the richest man on earth. It's more of a knock on the people who keep wanting to believe that somebody like Elon Musk Steve Jobs or Bill Gates uh-huh. or maybe even Mark Zuckerberg is going to solve their problems. And so they're taking matters yeah, into their own hands.
1: they're not going to solve anyone's problems. They've got problems of their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just human. I mean, really, they're just human. They're going to fail us. They They're better off taking matters into their own hands. If they don't like something, then change it. If they don't like something, then vote against it. You know, it's, it's it's as simple as that.
0: These are the geniuses of our time. But I'm sure when Einstein was around, people ha- thought the th- same thing. When is Albert going to solve everything for me?
1: Yeah, and he didn't. No. And, uh, you know, he died just like everybody else does.
0: You and I disagree about aliens. Yeah. But, but, and that, we've already had that discussion. Ad nauseum. And, right, but... There are some people who think that the aliens are gonna come here and solve all of our issues. <laughs> like I have a friend right now. This is a really good guy. Uh huh. So I don't want to trash him too. I much.
1: know who he is. I
0: think. Yeah, yes, you do. Yeah. And I don't want to go down a whole Russia Ukraine road again, but no. he he thinks that there's no way aliens will allow nuclear war <laughs> and that aliens are gonna stop it by any means <laughs> necessary.
1: I'm sorry. I I just think the whole that whole thing is laughable. (laughs) I do too. The statement is just laughable. (laughs) I know he means well. Mm -hmm. Believe me. I think he's a great guy too. But uh, seriously, that has absolutely uh, that makes no sense to me.
0: What can we learn from geniuses and fictional, perhaps fictional, alien cultures about doing for ourselves? And trying to make our own lives better because Um, Elon Musk probably wasn't looking at, uh, Steve Wozniak or Steve Jobs and saying they're going to improve things for me
1: uh when he was a kid. Um, well, that just, that just goes to show that even if you think one or two humans, really smart people that know about tech and space and whatever, uh, they're going to fail us just like every other human, Mm -hmm. you know, because we are, we are naturally flawed. That's how we were wired, and these men are just human, and they're not going to have all the answers. And if aliens were real, which I'm highly, highly skeptical, skeptical, uh, they won't have the answers either.
0: You could be correct, babes.
1: I think I am in this in this
0: case. I don't think Elon Musk is going to solve all my issues.
1: No, no. When it comes to, you know, cost of living, uh, job opportunities, no. He's
0: going to cure blindness tomorrow,
1: (laughs) and he's going to (laughs) make currency
0: obsolete. So we'll all have, everything will be equal between every citizen of the world. This is coming within the next week. This
1: This is where the concept of advocating for ourselves comes into play, I think.
0: I agree, but tell me more. Because I think I know where you're going.
1: Well, this. I mean, you know, we're, we're so quick to, you know, if a person has a disability, for example, this is a, the closest example I can think of. If a person has a disability who's blind or deaf or what have you, and they go to uh, a disability services office in their college or university, right? Mm-hmm. And they expect them to adapt to them because obviously they have a disability and obviously they would know what to do. But that's not true. They have to be the ones, just like I had to be the one when I was in college to advocate for myself, because how would they know what I wanted?
0: Exactly.
1: And so, so this is this is where you, where advocacy and self reliance come into play.
0: Let's actually bring this back to Elon Musk in a very real way. As you know, he's not the only one, but he is an essential piece in the drive towards electric vehicles. Uh-huh. And one of the problems with them is they don't make a lot of noise. No,
1: that's As no.
0: a blind person, we really need that. So yes, we do. Is it Elon Musk's fault that electric cars don't make a lot of noise, or is it partially, not completely, but partially the blind community's fault in that we haven't done a good enough, enough job advocating um, for that
1: noise? I honestly think it's a manufacturer's. Okay. Um, well,
0: he does have tax law. What? He owns Tesla. Yeah,
1: I know he does. I know. I, I think it's. I think it is his because of the way that it's built. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the blind community should raise. Um, you know, should should. I don't think it's it's our fault that we can't hear it. I think it's the man manufacturer, which is Elon Musk, that has to make them accessible even to blind people so that they can cross the street safely.
0: And I'm not saying we're wrong for not hearing it i'm saying maybe we could do a better job bringing these issues forward
1: yeah that's that's why i have a, that's one of the big reasons why i have a problem with electric vehicles i do too and i like hearing something with diesel come by so i know that hey don't go yet you know i i know that i can't cross the street because they're right in front of me and yeah, I've been hearing that lately, Those like those hybrid those hybrid cars. Mm-hmm. That scares me because what if I'm crossing the street and before I know it, I'm crossing hairs with a vehicle that I didn't even hear.
0: Exactly. That
1: that makes me scared. I think they should be an option, but I don't think that we should transition completely to electric cars.
0: I think we... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: And I also think that the way that they're going about it, like, oh, electric cars is the wave of the future and... You know, everybody should have an electric car. I think it should be an option.
0: It is an option. I think we are moving in that direction. I think what would help is maybe you have a speaker system on the outside of the car that projects the noise of older vehicles. That's how I would solve the issue. <sighs>
1: yeah, I, I just, I don't know. And for all
0: I know, that's what they are I, working on. I, I'm i not really familiar with the mechanics yeah. of regular cars. so
1: I'm kind of thinking the electric cars are not a good idea. I mean... Why? Well, number one, you have to charge them. So, you know, they're not like running on diesel fuel. They can't, uh, they, uh, don't need any gas. And I think, I think a lot of the people that are, uh, pushing this electric car thing don't realize that we, we actually do need fuel. And it's not, I don't think it's as dangerous as they're making it out to be, to, to be honest.
0: But we don't need it because we have now the option of electric cars and, To me, the science is clear. Diesel fuel helps in global warming. But let's take that issue aside. It also makes us more dependent on other countries, such as Russia. Now, I know it's more Europe that's dependent on Russia, but they are dependent on them for oil uh, or uh, areas of the Middle East. And if we broke our dependence on big oil, we would be less connected to those countries financially.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, and then, and, you know, the elect, the biggest thing about the electric car is for me, one of the biggest things is just that it doesn't, it's not noisy enough.
0: I I think that problem could be solved. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think, I think the electric car thing is, is more of a big picture than just electric cars. And, uh, I think they, I think it's, uh, closer to becoming, more of a great reset than every anything, not just for electric cars, but also for currency and also for, uh, no fuel at all. And I don't know. It, it, I, I see a much bigger picture than just electric cars and that scares me actually. Now it, it scares I, me, but I, I, I also am not so scared that I don't want to live anymore or anything.
0: Okay. <clears throat> I hear you and there are some things that I would agree with you on. I'm using a lot more forms of electronic currency now than I did before the pandemic, because you remember this. I used to pay cash everywhere uh-huh. and now that's less of an option. I like physical money for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's something to be said of what happens in 20 years from now when it's all electronic and somebody says something that we disagree with. Can we just make all their money disappear? Right? Right. Mm -hmm. I have issues with that. Mm -hmm. And I understand that these issues are all connected. But I don't know what we can do about it. And I do like the idea of electric cars. I I also do need to do more research on how bad is electricity for our environment? Is it better or worse than gases? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I don't know the answer to that. And that's fair. Like, I liked collecting my change. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I saw an old Facebook post of mine from 2019 where I talked about how I turned in my change and got $391 back. Uh-huh. And that I used that money to pay for a new mattress.
1: Yeah, and and people, you know, in Oregon, if, I don't know if you do this, if you turn in all your recyclables, all your uh, bottles and everything, mm-hmm. your bottles and cans, you can get uh, money back. I did know that. Yeah. So, it as far as I know, that's still available.
0: That's a good thing, babes.
1: It is a good thing. And I like the idea of, of having cash in my wallet, because what if I don't have my card, or for some reason I forget my wallet or something and my card is in it?
0: Let me give you a real-life example right. of this that happened recently to me that you know, but I don't think we've talked about here. Yeah. A few weeks ago, I'm doing laundry, and i'm down to like 2 dollars on my uh-huh. account yep. right because we do it electronically with cards yep i have enough money to do one load in the dryer yep i have my credit card on me though so i go over and i try to add money and it's not letting me transfer any funds so i have to do two loads in one dryer
1: uh-huh. okay
0: But then, you know, eventually you run out of laundry. Yep. Go back to the laundry room, try to add money with my card, and won't let me do it. So I have to now travel to a convenience store, Uh get $20 out, and I was able to insert that money and add it to my laundry card. Nice. It's nice to have that option.
1: So you have two separate cards then?
0: Well, I have my card, and then I have my laundry one.
1: Okay. 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 It doesn't just work on
0: my credit card. Okay. Because
1: here... um... We just, we could use our uh, credit or debit cards, which oh. is a lot simpler.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. I don't know why it's not set up like that at your place. I don't know. Maybe they'll change it.
0: Maybe they will, babes. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, but I, but I like the, I like having cash on hand. It's nice. It is very nice because it's simple. You don't have to worry about getting any PIN numbers. And, uh, you just have it right there. (laughs)
0: How much of this comes down to the IRS? Because it makes it harder to do things under the table if all money is electronic.
1: I know. And, And you have to get routing numbers and you have to get pin numbers and you have to get debit or credit card numbers if you need to. And that's kind of, uh, that makes me a little bit, Weird that somebody would know that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, um, and then you've got, and, and, and not to mention the telemarket scammer, scammers that say that, um, I have this gift for you, but you have to buy this card and they'll mention the IRS like, Oh, it, down. you know, uh, you know, mention it to the IRS. They'll know what I'm talking about or whatever. And they'll use that to get your money. And that's a that's a scary thing.
0: Yeah, but who falls for those scam? It's mostly old people who no. I, I go mean, along with those things. I mean,
1: I almost did until I really looked into it, and I'm like, no, you're not going to get that. No. Oh. But I, I I just feel bad for the. Okay, so I speaking of scammers. Go ahead. I watched a show on Doctor Phil this week, of and course. I didn't see it. Well, it's it, it was interesting. It was one of those um, uh, catfish scams where this woman was uh, conned into uh giving money to this guy who was supposed to be her boyfriend and this guy wasn't living in the states cuz a lot of times they'll say that they're living in a country uh like Nigeria or somewhere in asia or something and they'll send the the woman a photo and it looks like it could be them but he convinced her to sell her house and She also gave him a lot of money in Bitcoin because she was able to learn how to use it. And they were saying that Bitcoin right now and other cryptocurrency is not as secure as the way that we have it now.
0: Okay. I'm going to sound like an asshole right now.
1: You do sometimes.
0: Oh, my goodness. You're not supposed to use that type of language there, Jay. Wolf. You
1: used it. I didn't. Okay. (sighs) No, I'm just agreeing with you, bubs. Oh, my goodness.
0: This isn't 1995. People know what the internet is, and they should do their due j- diligence before they sell their house and transfer all their money in Bitcoin to somebody who they've never met.
1: And I wasn't I'm sorry. with my story.
0: No, but you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hard for me to feel bad for this one.
1: Well, I, w- I wasn't all right,
0: right go ahead, go ahead, right, finish it.
1: I don't feel bad for her actually. I wasn't going to say that I did feel bad for her, but she was the one who got herself into it, and her um. Her best friend and her aunt were saying, you know, you haven't even seen this guy because he won't video chat with you. Yet he's telling you that he's captured, but he really isn't. And they even went so far as to the the show actually went so far as to look for him. And he was in the neighborhood that he said he was. Uh-huh. The guy whose photos were used to uh, for um, uh, that one guy that's been scamming her who used this other guy's photo the the guy was on the show whose photos were stolen. So she got to see what he looked like and, and it took that all of that just to convince her that she was scammed. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but if, if a person won't video chat with you and uh, if a person uh, tells you that you have to sell your house and to give you as much, to give them as much money as possible, then you pretty much lost me, and I I wasn't going to say that I felt bad for her.
0: Okay, and she sounds like a woman of low intelligence to fall for something like that in this day and age. Uh,
1: yeah, I think I think she's smart in other things, but she's definitely not smart when it comes to being scammed for sure. I I'm hoping that wakes her up, and I I think that was an old show anyway, so I don't know.
0: But it's not from the '90s, is what I'm no, saying. No,
1: it's not from the '90s. We no. know
0: better. We have search engines. Come on. Well, what's he doing over there?
1: I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying, love. All right, babes. I just wanted to tell you that story.
0: I'm no expert in cryptocurrency, as we've established, but I've heard... See, this is where I'm really confused with Bitcoin. Yeah. And all that stuff. They yeah. say it's decentralized and a government can't track it. And at the same time, they say, but you can track the purchase of Bitcoin so you can know who bought it when and all that stuff. So that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Yeah. A lot of this stuff yeah. feels like kind of like scammy and
1: that, that's why, uh, the person who, a uh, person who came on the show was explaining that right now is, not widely used by everybody else because not everybody knows how to use it, and it's it's not secure. And we know it's not secure because you you know no one can track it. And even if you can track it, you don't really know. You may not know where it's going.
0: I was listening to John Iderola this week, yeah. who. I, th- I think he's great. I think he's a little bit too into cancel culture stuff. Okay. But besides for that, and besides for his love of Star Trek Voyager, he seems like a very intelligent man. And he had an interview, I wish I remember the guy's name, something Olsen, who did a two-hour documentary on YouTube about the history of Bitcoin and NFTs, and this guy's Belief is that it was designed so that rich people could laundry money. Now, I haven't watched the documentary, but I listened to the interview, and it seemed pretty convincing. And at some point in this week, I want to sit down and watch the full two-hour video of this guy's this guy breaking down all the information.
1: I still can't believe that that pizza story you told me.
0: It's crazy. A guy paid. No, he didn't have the money. This is like legendary in Bitcoin circles. So he had somebody transfer the money in exchange, in exchange for some Bitcoin. And I believe they said when you take into how much Bitcoin is trading, it's he lost something like, like tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. That's insane. And I think to myself, I wish I would have been into Bitcoin back then, and I wish I would have seen that and you know transferred the money and got the Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah, but I can't time travel, Jay. Whoa. Here's no. a question for you. What's that? You don't believe that when we die, we'll have the ability to time travel. No. But do you think that God can time travel?
1: <sighs> Bubs, I don't think so. Really? I, I don't know. I okay. mean, I don't think that he would be into time travel. And time travel has been like a fantasy of a lot of us on Earth. So I, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but if God is all powerful.
1: I don't know, Bubs. He's not, you know, he's not like a short order god or anything, Bubs.
0: A short order god. I like that.
1: No, no, serious, Bubs. You can't just say, hey, God, can you time travel me back somewhere? I don't think he's like that. Oh. No.
0: Hey, God, I know better now. Let me uh, do better. Send me back, okay? Help a brother out. He's trying to pretend you're not laughing. He did think that was kind of funny. Mm!
1: Mm. I-, I did laugh, Bubs. You
0: squeezed my nose. I did. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we were making some jo- uh, joke about oh oh I remember the Seinfeld episode the other day yes. where he's like you know I thought the actor who played Jesus made some interesting choices.
1: He's like what? She's like what? And he's like uh I mean uh I enjoyed ice skating. <laughs> okay, we have to explain that. Why don't we, um, why don't we talk about the, we could, we could go backwards. We can talk about the Seinfeld episodes first.
0: Let's talk about this one in specific. Yeah. And then we, we there's some more general stuff we can discuss too. Okay. That we weren't, weren't really done with, but. Basically, George is trying to get out of this relationship, but the girl doesn't want to break up with him.
1: And her so, name is Nora.
0: Okay. So he starts dating a secretary from his old job. And eventually they find out about each other because George invites both of them to lunch. And he's like, I've been caught. I can't believe this. <laughs> this I've ruined horrible. three lives.
1: <laughs> and then she's like, and then Nora is like, so, so you still don't want to break up with me? And she's like, no. And you? And she says, no. And he's like, all right. I got a question about this. <laughs> what? What?
0: This was near the end of Seinfeld. Uh-huh. They only did like 10 more episodes after this. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been interesting if instead of this just being like a one-off episode, George would have now been in a polyamorous relationship?
1: Uh, that's I think at that time it would have been too weird, Bubs.
0: But it's the show's shutting down.
1: You know, I I think it would be weird. And he's just getting over his, you know, Susan dying.
0: There wasn't really much for him to get over. <laughs>
1: well, you know what I mean, Bugs? I, I mean, he was engaged to her, right? Yes. He was he, that was like the love of his life, you would assume.
0: I was out to lunch with a friend of mine this week. Uh, The one who loves talking about mass mandates. Over
1: and over again.
0: Oh, my God. It's like, come on, bro.
1: You got to stop it.
0: I love your brother, but at some point we got to move past talking about this.
1: Talk about something else. Yes. Okay.
0: But anyways, we were talking about shows, and he said that he thinks that Seinfeld might be the best sitcom ever. And I, by the way, it's close in my mind. It might be. So, what's your thought? Are you do you think that Friends is better than Seinfeld? Because I know I, you know
1: what they're a different kind of good. Okay, I like both of them. I can find humor in both shows. I I like Friends a little bit more, but I could easily, if I really wanted to, binge uh, binge watch both shows.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, because I think I think Seinfeld, the, except for the last episode, I don't really want to see it.
0: No, the last episode is oh my god, and I've heard
1: thinking? I've heard that. I mean, I remember when it ended and I was with a bunch of friends and they were saying, Oh, the last episode was awful. It yeah. was, it was. And I was like, Oh, wow, that doesn't, that doesn't sound encouraging because I really like the show. But, um, you know, friends and Seinfeld and Frasier, they were three of the best sitcoms in the nineties, in the uh, mid to late nineties at the time. And, uh, I like all three of them. I mean, they both have very good points. Very good qualities, and uh, they're different kinds of good, though. If that makes any sense. I hear you. I think I like Friends more because it, I, 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 I could relate to what some of the girls on the show are going through, as Mm. far as like what kind of things girls go through, like job opportunities and um, making something better of themselves, and you know, trying to. Climb up the corporate ladder and, you know, things like that. But
0: now correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Okay.
0: I haven't watched all the Friends. I've seen some of it, though.
1: No, no it gets better, folks.
0: Okay. From what I it saw, there was a lot of room for improvement. It gets better. Okay. Don't all of them come from rich families? No. Really?
1: No, they don't really talk about that. I mean, Monica and, well, let's see. Okay. Let me think. Uh The only poor person was Phoebe. Okay. Okay. Rachel and Monica did come from, well, I don't know about Monica. I guess, I guess the only reason why she was rich, her and Ross were rich is because their dad was, um, uh, I don't, I, what did their dad do? I can't remember now. Um, Rachel was rich because her dad was a doctor. Um, uh, Monica and Ross's parents, I think they were rich too, but they didn't really, um, they didn't really show it. Um Phoebe and Joey, it sounds like they were pretty poor. Mm. Uh, Chandler I don't know how poor he was, honestly. If he was poor or not. Okay. Uh, Oh no, 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 he wasn't because uh they had a um they had a houseboy who um his father ran off with. So (laughs) he's kind of a weird situation there. And then his mother, who was played by Morgan Freeman, uh Morgan Freeman. I'm not Morgan Freeman. My son Freeman.
0: is a dangerous. Thing.
1: I'm sorry, Morgan Fairchild. Excuse okay. me. Yes. Different, uh, different ethnicity and different uh, gender. Uh, yes. <laughs> Morgan Fairchild. You are my
0: child. I love you. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. That's a bad Morgan Freeman impression.
1: It is so bad.
0: Oh my goodness. Chandler <laughs> no. Dufresne. All right. Stop All right, it. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, Chandler Bing's mother, who's played by Morgan Fairchild, um, r- uh, got a book deal and uh, wrote a book that made her famous. So. I, uh, he was kind of rich too. So, so three of them were rich. And Four of them,
0: it sounds like. You said Monica. Monica, Rachel, and Chandler were rich. And Ross. Cause isn't Mo- Monica,
1: Ro- Ross, Chandler, and Rachel were rich. But okay. then Phoebe and Joey seemed like they were poor.
0: Now, are we talking homeless poor? Or are we talking like? Well, poor? Joey
1: was, so Joey was, uh, working from like, jo- um, you know, um, from uh, actor opportunity to actor opportunity, right? But were his parents rich? No, I don't think so. Okay, no, they were just a, a regular Italian family that liked to eat a lot. Okay, I, I don't know if they were rich. Honestly. How did they afford all that food? Ah, I don't know. I don't know much about Joey's background to be honest. Um, Phoebe was Phoebe was honest about being poor because um, she had to live on the streets when she was a teen, and nice. her mom killed herself. Nice. You know and
0: Ah, I mean, it, it added to the complexity of the character. Yeah, so, so and it not, made her more interesting. So to watch. not
1: everybody was poor. Uh Not everybody was poor. I'm oh, sorry, not everybody was rich either.
0: Well, that's uh, now I'm not a fan of the show French, but it is kind of ballsy to have a main character whose mother killed herself in a '90s sitcom. Yes,
1: yeah, so, yeah, I mean, and and or Ursula, I think Ursula was. um she was a, she was a waiter. So I don't know. You only see like glimpses of Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula, in the show.
0: What about Paul Reiser?
1: Paul, Paul Reiser wasn't in the show.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, isn't, now I could have this wrong. Yeah. Friends is like a, a, a spin off of Mad about you, right?
1: Actually, Friends was, um, starred in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. So it, they did a U.K. show, and then they made an American version.
1: I, I think first. if that's what I remember correctly, they had a friend show in the U.K., but the the show that really made it popular was the American version. Now, I could be wrong, but I thought that's what I heard.
0: Oh, you are the super fan here, though, so I would assume... I,
1: I, I have to look that up, so don't quote me on it, but I think I'm right about that. I think there was a friend show in the U.K.
0: Okay, I thought it was a <laughs> spinoff of Mad About You because your your girl's sister is on mad about you and they continue the storyline on to friends.
1: Uh no no no, Ursula was just a waitress.
0: No, but what I'm saying is she's on both shows as the same character. You see what I'm saying?
1: Uh
0: Okay, Lisa yeah. Kudrow. Yeah played a waitress named ursula on mad about you yes and that waitress is a sister of phoebe
1: yes now i
0: understand that she plays phoebe but she's twins and she also played ursula so i always thought that because of that uh french was a spin-off of mad about you but you're telling me that it's not true no
1: no no. i wasn't really into mad about you my sister was Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but i wasn't really into um the chemistry with the Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt.
0: Yeah, we're working on a spinoff about being together in a long-term relationship during COVID, and it's going to be called Mad At You.
1: <laughs> That's a pretty good post. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm mad At You.
0: <laughs> it felt a little bit too much like a Woody Allen ripoff.
1: Oh, Mad About You? Yeah,
0: in my opinion. How's that? You know that quick dialogue, it's more witty than actually funny type of thing.
1: Yeah, it really, I mean, I thought that Friends was both witty and funny, but that's just me because I've I've always been a a fan of the show. And I didn't really start to get into it until I was in my... late teens and early 20s
0: okay so to me mad about you i know npr was around in the 90s yeah but it wasn't as popular as it is today if mad about you came on the air now yeah. it would be the type of show that would be talked about all the time on npr
1: oh yeah
0: this is the funniest show ever and how are people not talking about it more yeah
1: there. i mean there's some shows like my sister was into mad about you a little bit and she also liked king uh king of queens and uh, that that's the one with uh, Leah Remini and Kevin James. Yeah, I never got into that one either.
0: Jerry Siller is also on that show.
1: You are right. That's uh he, he plays um, Arthur Spooner.
0: I've seen a few episodes of it, but I it wasn't my jam. But it yeah, wasn't she, horrible either.
1: She liked it. I I never got it either. But most of the time, we do like the same shows. But mm. you know, we were big Friends fans, and we liked Seinfeld, but I, and Frasier. But we never, I never got the uh, King of Queens or Mad About You. But that's just me, and that's I didn't. Fair. And and you said you like wings, right?
0: I did. What like wings? It wasn't my favorite show, uh-huh. but it was good. It, I didn't watch every episode, but if it was on, I would watch it. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not in the pantheon of the greatest shows of the '90s, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. Wing Wars. Wing.
1: Yeah, that that used to be on the Thursday lineup. That's right. But I never, I never got into that show. That's fair. Yes.
0: With Crystal Bernard. And Amy Yasbeck from Problem Child and, and John Did Widow. Did she
1: fame. both play Flo and
0: Annie? In uh, Problem Child movies? I believe well, so. Yeah,
1: because Flo Is was... Is in the first one. Flo was his um, his uh, wife, right? Yeah, in
0: the very first one. And yeah. then Annie's the one who, with the daughter that he hooks up in the second movie.
1: The the one where he gets together with her, yeah. Yeah, I so think so. you think they played both characters?
0: Now, it, yeah, I know she played Flo for sure, but it's been probably... Close to 30 years since I've seen Problem Child 2, which is why I'm not saying definitively that it's her, mm-hmm. but I think it was.
1: Okay, okay. yeah. Okay, so that y- you could be right.
0: How much money do you think she has,
1: Amy? Yes, Az- Amy. Amy Azbeck? Azbeck, yeah, I don't know. I would hope that she has enough to raise her daughter because they had a daughter together.
0: Okay, so she has John Ritter's money, right? Yeah. I mean, he had another kid, but. Let's be honest. He, he, had a, like, he had an older he had
1: an older child.
0: Yeah, his son made that movie called Good Dick. You we've never watched that movie, have we? No, it's
1: like
0: a it's not movie. what it, you think it is. I. Uh... It's about a guy who works at a video store whose name is Dick, and this girl comes in who keeps renting movies and is basically a shut in, even though she's a young attractive girl. So it's about him trying to get into her life.
1: And she doesn't want anyone to get in her. She doesn't want um, anyone to come over. Exactly.
0: So the way I found out about the movie is they did a story about it in, I want to say, the Los Angeles Times. And, you know, it started out, this is the son of John Ritter. And then you read a little bit more. Him and his girlfriend financed the movie. And I believe instead of going with a major studio, they decided to distribute it themselves. I watched it. I didn't love it. I thought it was good. It would be fun to show it to you sometimes just so you could get on here and say how much you love good dick. (laughs) But it's not the best I
1: know you want me to say that, don't you? It just sounds so weird.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um... But, you know, he didn't leave any money to his son because everybody goes with well, the, and, the new family. And remember,
1: so, and remember too, um, Tex Ritter was uh, John Ritter's father exactly. who made a lot of money um in country music. So let's break life. this
0: down. Yeah. Amy Azbeck not only has John Ritter money. Now, I noticed she joined the cast of Wings a couple seasons into it mm-hmm. because she played Crystal Bernard's younger sister.
1: Okay, Who, and who's Crystal, Bur- who's Crystal Bernard?
0: She kind of played the love interest on the show. Okay. And I, I think she also may have put out some country music albums. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So but Amy Eswick, I want to say, was on like the show for maybe three or four years. So she okay. did good on that. She's in the Problem Child movies. She's also in The Mask. Oh, is she? Yeah. I don't necessarily know that she has to work anymore.
1: Well, I mean... I would imagine she's probably doing something. She's got a child to raise, so... The child's I, 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 been
0: raised by now, babes. That's been, like, 19 years I, since your man died.
1: I, my man. Bubs, I never met the guy.
0: Okay. 18 and a half years, because he died in September. Oh, uh,
1: that's right. That's right. It's a long time ago. So I guess she would be an adult. Yeah. Uh. All right. Um. I don't know, Bubs. I, I don't think about that stuff.
0: I do. Oh, my goodness. What? You. Why? It's not long to think about that type of stuff. No, it's. I never
1: said it was long. Oh. But you seem to fixate it on a lot. Oh, oh. no, I don't. Spe- uh, yes.
0: Speaking of celebrities, babes. Yes. After you went to bed last night, I didn't stay up for that long, but I'm. I was just curious to see what's coming up in Portland because you know mask mandates are starting to lift, even though mm-hmm. you wouldn't know it by talking to some of my friends. <laughs> Yeah. And apparently the Roots are going to be performing at Pioneer Square at the end of July.
1: Yeah. They're yeah. charging
0: $60 a ticket, but I might have That's to go and a see lot. them. I know it is. Yeah. But part of me really does want to go and see them. Mm. I've decided that I'm going to wait a couple weeks, mm-hmm. really think it over. And I've had, if I'm still interested, I might just have to buy the ticket. Oh my go and see them. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I. If you do, that's great. I'm not sure if I want it. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm going to go just because it's so expensive. I don't it know. Is. I mean, and I think that if the Blues Fest happens this year, which it looks like it will,
0: they're supposed to announce the lineup in a couple yeah,
1: weeks. If the Blues Festival happens this year, which sounds like it will, I can get a twenty five dollar ticket at the door uh, or at the gate and uh, see a whole bunch of performers in one day. So,
0: is it twenty five at the gate?
1: That's what you said the last time, right?
0: Well, you, I don't buy gate tickets. I get I the went there. Pass.
1: I went there one time with you, and I paid. I think I paid twenty five dollars for it.
0: Wow, it's like forty for a weekend pass, or it was before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, 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 that's what you said. But you said it was like twenty five at the gate. But uh, you were
0: the one who paid for it. Uh,
1: yes, I did pay twenty five dollars. Okay, gate. I remember that, and um, and I saw um more performers that day than I and then and not to say that the the roots aren't good. But $60 is a lot to go to a concert for a day. I don't know.
0: I hear you. And you're also paying for the right to say that you saw the roots live. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I guess. I, 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 I don't know. I'll have to think about that too. Oh.
0: But. I want to see them there. j So that might be something, babes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my badness. How are you feeling, babes?
1: I'm good. I'm good. i good. Um, shall we... Uh, <clears throat> Do you want to start with talking about Seinfeld?
0: I guess we could talk more about it, if you want to. Well,
1: because you brought it up, so...
0: Yeah. We watched two episodes... Um. The, now, the one before George got into this torrid love affair, <laughs> he was dating a girl who looks kind of like Jerry, and Kramer pointed it out. Yes. Now, this is also the, one of the episodes that has uh, your buddy Kathy Griffin in it. Now,
1: I that was annoying. That she she was good, but she's also really annoying. I
0: got to say this. Mm-hmm. She's been on Howard Stern's show a few times. Yeah. And I've thought, thought that she's really actually a great interview on his show. Uh-huh. So I do want to give her some credit. And she turned in her brother, who is a pedophile.
1: Are you serious?
0: She talked about it on Howard like 10 years ago. Really? About how she found I, – I hope I'm getting the story right. I think she found child pornography on his computer and nobody wanted to say anything, so she had to turn him in.
1: Oh, that is just – that That had to be really hard.
0: Yeah, that had to be crazy. And I want to say this is the same time, but Artie Lane, who used to be on the show, fell asleep during the interview.
1: Are you serious? Yes.
0: And you could hear him snoring. (laughs) And Howard interrupts the interview and says, oh, that's just Artie snoring. He fell asleep.
1: I'm serious? Yes, I am serious.
0: (laughs) Now, I might be conflating the two. I know that he fell asleep during her interview, but it may have been a separate time because he's been on the show a bunch of times.
1: And he's fallen asleep and he didn't wake him up?
0: I think they they like put a Santa hat on him and took <laughs> pictures for <from> the website. <laughs> There was one time, babes. So yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a guest in studio, but Artie fell asleep during the commercial break. Uh huh. So they, t- they have one of the guys who worked on the show take a blow horn and blow it into Artie's <laughs> ear to wake him up. Uh huh. Yeah, it was really funny. And,
1: and, and I bet he wasn't very happy after that.
0: Yeah. And then I think there was this other time. <laughs> where he fell asleep and they woke him up, but they said that he had been asleep for the day mm-hmm. and that they had just like gone home and left him in the studio. But meanwhile, <laughs> he's only asleep for like an hour.
1: Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. He, he said that on the show.
0: They said, they said, let's prank Artie, wake him up and let tell him that it's been a day. And then they woke him up. Um,
1: <laughs> it's only been an hour.
0: Oh my God. There was this other time, babes, <laughs> where Artie fell asleep on the show and they just continued doing the show and Howard and Robin start arguing with each other when Robin starts doing the news. And they're arguing for, like, a long time. Uh-huh. And in the middle of the argument, Artie wakes up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: doesn't know what's going on. What did you say? I forget. This is so long ago. <laughs> That was when the show used to be at the height of the show, in my opinion.
1: He fell asleep, and they woke him up and told him that he was sleeping for a day. Yes, and the and everybody left the studio, and
0: they didn't leave the studio. They were there. They just said that he had fallen and slept there overnight, <laughs> and they eventually told him the truth. It's
1: terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Yes. Oh man.
0: And you're asking, what does this have to do with Seinfeld? I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: so- Kathy Griffin.
0: I think she's really good when she's on Howard Stern, Mm -hmm. but that's, I, and I'm sure she's a nice enough lady in real life, but I
1: think she's really annoying to be honest.
0: Well, what I was about to say is she's just not my jam, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and she was good in Pulp Fiction too, but she only has one line in the the thing. It's where Ving Rames gets hit. By Bruce Willis's car and she's like, if you want me to testify in court, I, t- I totally will. That guy just ran through that light and hit you. And then mm-hmm. Bing Rames pulls out the gun and she starts running. Oh. Uh, great movie. <clears throat> really. but anyways. Uh-huh. Anyways, Kathy Griffin, Griffin is in this episode. She used to be friends with Susan, George's ex. Mm-hmm. And before Jerry runs into her, he's talking to Kramer because he sees her walking down the street. Yeah. Jerry says, oh, she wants to get into comedy. She's horrible. Yeah. She said, really, stop following the stream. Right. Goes up to them. She's like, Jerry, you should really come see... My show, Kramer just turns. He's just like, "You stink! You're horrible at this." Jerry told me, and yeah. then he walks away. For You're stink, and then
1: and then she and then she's, he starts she starts making fun of him at every. Well,
0: what I was about to say is, then Kramer walks away, and he's like, "You want to join us for lunch?" And he just but he just leaves the two of them there.
1: And then and then meanwhile, George is going out with this uh this girl Janet, and Kramer keeps saying he she looks like Jerry. You're exactly. in love with Jerry.
0: So, Jerry and Kathy Griffin get together for lunch, and he says, everybody in show business sucks. Nobody likes each other. You know, don't take it
1: personally. Yeah. Stink it up for everybody. Yes, yes, yes.
0: And she goes back into it, starts a one-woman show called Jerry Seinfeld is the Devil, (laughs) becomes wildly popular at this. There's a scene, and a joke in it is very obvious, but it still makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Where Jerry goes back to the diner with her and tries to convince her to tone down the language around him being the devil. Newman comes up to her and says, can I have your autograph? I've seen your show six times. <laughs> it's such an obvious joke, but it works.
1: It does. Yeah. They know how to, they knew how to make it work. Yes. Um, Kramer goes silent. Then, yeah. And then in meanwhile, um, Elaine has, uh, writes this poli- political cartoon because Nobody seems to get the one that she shows
0: from the New Yorker. From
1: the New Yorker.
0: You know the stuff with the New Yorker, right?
1: Um, you have to refresh my memory.
0: I like the New Yorker, but in some ways if you want to attack the idea of like a limousine liberal, yeah. A good place to start would either be with NPR or the New Yorker. Okay. They're known for being like left of center. But only slightly, right? Okay. And also very, like, full of themselves. Okay. They do have good stories, but they they are a little bit hoity-toity. Yeah. So the idea... Kind of
1: like NPR, right? Yeah.
0: So the idea of them putting in a cartoon that nobody really understands, that is meant to be more (laughs) ironic than funny,
1: yeah,
0: is on the mark if you've ever read The New Yorker, like I have.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because they kind of made fun of them. Exactly. Okay.
0: Um, And apparently there's some guy named Ziggy who writes for the New Yorker. Oh, yeah. And Jay Peterman is walking by, sees the cartoon that Elaine had pro- uh, published. Excuse me. Says, I know this anywhere. This is a Ziggy.
1: This is a Ziggy. He, he talks so funny.
0: I love how they'll put in these obscure references to some guy named Ziggy or To Soy <laughs> in the middle of a mainstream show like Seinfeld.
1: It's so funny. It's yes. it's very clever, actually.
0: It's super clever. <laughs> but it's not like New York. Or, it's not like the the type of clever that the New Yorker does where it's not funny. Right. It actually does make me laugh.
1: Yeah. Yes. You
0: did a good job. This is a great episode.
1: And then the second one, because we just mentioned it, um, uh, the one with uh, George, George dating two women yeah. and then... Uh, and then Elaine uh, ends up dating this guy that
0: is poor is and married. Really,
1: really poor and married. <laughs> because he couldn't even find, he he had to find cardboard to start a fire. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she gives him money. She gives him money towards the end of the episode. And she's like, Who is this? He's like, I'm Allison. I'm his wife. Who are you? <laughs> I'm. Uh... I forgot what she called herself. I don't know. Um it, it, it was just really funny. He's like he's poor and married. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's a good one.
1: She she runs into she runs into his uh his uh caseworker yes. in the middle of the episode
0: too. Early on in the episode. But early, in the middle of the episode. On. She realizes that it's the caseworker and not his wife.
1: <laughs> That's really great. Yes.
0: I have a question for you. <laughs> Yes, you've been rewatching Seinfeld with me. Yes, and I know that you enjoyed it before, but has your appreciation for the show gone up since we've been reviewing it?
1: Um, well, or
0: revisiting
1: it, I guess. Um, in in some ways, yes. Even though I always liked it, but there are some episodes that I didn't remember seeing because mm-hmm. there's so many of them. I mean, it's been on the air for like ten years. Um. It was on the air for ten years, right? Nine years. Nine years, okay. Roughly, uh, nine years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I have uh, more of an appreciation. It, it, it's been enhanced, I guess.
0: That's good, babes. Um, yeah. We also watched an episode of The Wire.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. That was that was actually a good one.
0: There's a lot of stuff in this episode. Yes, it is. We're not going to cover pr- more than half of it because there's just so many things in the show, right? Yeah. But some of the highlights are Prez breaks the phone code that uh, our uh, our criminals use to communicate with each other.
1: I think it's interesting too that they are using some of the criminals. Like I know Bubbles has been used to um, to find out. The uh, drug pushers and the you know the the drug dealers and the drug addicts Uh uh, because they need him to uh to to help them catch the bad guys and then and then meanwhile the other half of the team is trying to get Omar on there you know to work to help uh, work for them
0: yes because they know that Omar has heat with D'Angelo and them because yeah. he robbed them.
1: Yeah, 'cause they want they want him to be um exed out. Exactly. Yeah.
0: McNulty is having issues with Elena, his wife.
1: Yeah, and then she completely missed the uh The date where they were supposed to stay with him.
0: I thought this was so inappropriate. And as a feminist myself, I was offended. But there's a scene in the car with Kima where he uses a C word in reference to the mother of his children.
1: You used it too. When? Several times.
0: Oh. Well, it offended me when he did it.
1: No, it didn't offend you. You were laughing. Okay. Bubs, come on. Tell the truth here. Okay. You were laughing. And I told you it wasn't funny.
0: Why were you laughing?
1: I wasn't laughing. I was appalled, bubs. Really? Yeah.
0: No. maybe this isn't the best time or place. Oh, jeez. Why is the word cunt considered so offensive?
1: Because it's talking about a woman's private part, bubs.
0: But it's considered more offensive than, you know, excuse my language, than the word bitch. <laughs> Ouch.
1: They're both offensive, Bubs.
0: But one is worse than the other. Okay. Alright, we won't go down this road. Both back,
1: all right, all
0: right, we won't go down this road. We won't go down
1: this road. See, Uncle. Auntie. <laughs> okay, okay. Take a
0: Okay. Um, oh yeah, so so that happens with McNulty. And near the end of the episode. Now, remember, there's a hit out on Omar and his people. Wallace is out. He sees Brandon, who is the lover of Omar. He calls up D'Angelo, who informs Stringer. They come down and they do their thing. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, What did you think of this one?
1: Um... I don't know. It was interesting. I think the phone code part was interesting because yes. I, I'm not too sure about Prez Beluski yet because he did injure that kid that was leaning up against his car for no reason and he was drunk. Um, the, uh, uh Prez was drunk. Yep. And he did, uh, uh, cause the kid to be half blind. So. I didn't really have a lot of respect for him then.
0: And we also know that he has connections too, so he kind of gets away with things because he's, for lack of a better term, a rich kid.
1: Yeah, because his dad is the uh, Ste- attorney. Step-dad, his stepdad is an attorney. Is, is
0: involved with the Baltimore. Is, uh, it's higher up in Baltimore.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Wasn't he like an attorney?
0: Something like I think he's like. I. It looked like he was wearing an army outfit in in one of the episodes, but he he's powerful. He's a powerful dude.
1: Yeah, so I I didn't really have a lot of respect for him, but I I thought it was very clever that he was able to break the phone code so that um it would be uh routed to the um the the room, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot what room it was. Was it the um
0: Well, so the, it's Lester and him basically monitor these computers and when they have the phone code, it gives the actual number of the phone yeah. so they can know you know, what's phones to, to, who's, what locations these people are calling from. Right. So it makes it easier to track them.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's pretty smart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty smart. What do you think of Omar? You're getting to know him a little bit more. Um, what-
1: I don't know him very well. I think he's his, he's his own person and I think he marches to the beat of his own drum. I, I don't know.
0: Before they got Brandon. Yeah. There's a scene that I love. Where Omar and Brandon are loading up weapons, and Brandon is like "f this" and "f that," and Omar looks at him and it's just like, um, "Ain't nobody want to hear those words coming out of your mouth. Why do you talk like that?"
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It goes to show how Omar is his own person. He doesn't like cursing.
1: He has cursed though.
0: I don't remember him cursing.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do.
0: No, he I to, actually,
1: you don't. actually have to pay attention. Oh. He said, he said little things here and there. Oh, oh, not quite as much as the other people, but he did say some things, hmm. but uh, I thought it was interesting. Um,
0: you got to hear him whistle this episode.
1: I know he was a good whistler and and, and, and it's kind of weird because he was whistling the farmer in the dell.
0: <laughs> I told you you think of that song differently. <laughs> I, I think he whist- whistles it a couple more times.
1: I'm guessing he does it as a distraction, right?
0: Well, he it's a sign that Omar's coming. And it's great because he whistles it and people just start running away from
1: him. <laughs> he's a good whistler. Yeah. I will say that. It's a shame, though, he's not here anymore.
0: Michael K. Say. Williams? Yeah. Yeah, he was so good as Omar. Um, it, in some ways, that's got to suck because you do this character that is so iconic and he acted in other things. He was on a show called Boardwalk Empire, which is supposed to be amazing. I haven't watched was it. Was that yet. on Fox? No, it was on HBO. Okay. But yet, in my mind, it's like, he's Omar Little.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in his mind, he's like, yeah, I was Omar, but I also do other stuff, too.
1: Did they talk to his his uh, grandma in the show, or was it his mother or something? In The Wire? Yeah. Yeah. No. Or was it a different? Oh, that might have been. That
0: was, um, um oh, that was Bodhi's grandmother.
1: Oh, oh, thank you. And this
0: you. was also, also the episode where Bodhi got arrested and, uh, your man Carver kind of started beating him up. And yes. then they started, uh, playing a pool game together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the whole Carver and Bodie thing. Cause I know that Bodie that they wanted to get Bodhi on, um, to work for help help uh work for them
0: they right? wanted him to say some names
1: they wanted him to say some names okay and then and i didn't realize that bodhi was a teen either
0: yeah he's like 16 i think
1: yeah um i got that carver was trying to get some kind of rapport because they were both from the same side of um uh, that's what
0: carver said
1: that's what he said you yeah.
0: don't know that that's true or not at this point
1: no of course not yeah that could be false mm-hmm. um but I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, some of the officers have done some pretty shady things. I mean, Kema beat up Bodie and so did Carver and.
0: I would say pretty much all of them at this point except for Lester, really. Uh huh. And Lester does something in the fifth season, we discussed it yesterday, that is a little bit questionable in my eyes.
1: But it's not so questionable that you don't like him. Yeah, No, no, no. Okay.
0: No. But again, that's why this show is so great is because sometimes you actually root for the bad guys, mm-hmm. and sometimes you actually hate the good guys.
1: Yeah, that's why it's so confusing <laughs> to me. Yeah. Because I don't know, I'm like, which one is good, which one is not so good. I didn't like Prez actions, but he did find out the phone code.
0: There's another amazing scene in this episode that I love, where D'Angelo takes his girl out for a a night at this fancy restaurant. Yeah. And you can see, even though he's a guy who has power in the streets, he's intimidated being here. Uh And she has to explain to him, your money's just as good as everybody else's. Nobody cares how you got it here.
1: Yeah, and, and she says, do you realize that we're the only two black people in this restaurant? No, that's right. not what happens. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He
0: says they're looking at us strange, and she says, okay. we're not the only two black people here. Oh, I see. And he's intimidated, not because he's black, because there's other black people, but because he knows where his money comes from. Uh-huh, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: I really felt for D'Angelo in this scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he's the, the, the fish out of water, for lack of a better term. Uh-huh. What are you starting to think of him?
1: Um, I don't know. I am guessing maybe he's not like the other gang members are like, you know, he has a girlfriend and a baby, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't think he really wants to do this anymore. That's what I, that's what I'm looking at. Like, how could I show my face in this lovely, you know, this, this, this great restaurant and I'm, and we're both dressed up. But I know where my money is and I'm not making an honest living for my girlfriend and my child.
0: And there's scenes earlier in the series, like when he cries because he thinks that one of the witnesses who got killed had a family, right? Or when he yells at his you know, underlings because they start, you know, and they're yelling beating
1: up the, they're beating up the addicts.
0: Well, there's that, but they're also yelling at the addicts yeah. because they want product. And he says, you have to take a man's money, but yet you can't, you know, treat him with some dignity. You, you so yeah, there's, yell a,
1: him? yeah. Okay.
0: But when the show opens, we just see him as this cold blooded killer. Right. As it goes on, we see, Yes, that's true, but there's a little bit more to the story than just that.
1: I think that D'Angelo is looking for some kind of redemption because I, I think he's realizing, wait a minute, I've got a kid, I've got a girl that you know he may or may not want to marry. I don't know, but she is the mother of his child, and I don't have, I, I kind of have a feeling like he doesn't want to be like this for the rest of his life.
0: There's another really powerful scene with D'Angelo and Avon. Mm-hmm. They go and visit Avon's brother, uh-huh. who was running the streets, yep. got shot, and is now in a coma
1: and could be dying.
0: And Avon holds his hand, he strokes pats his, head. he pats his head, strokes his face, and says to D'Angelo, "Does he scare you?" And Avon is open about it. He's like, "He scares me too." So often, when we think of you know running the streets, we think, "Okay, maybe I'll die young," but we don't think that we may end up in here. I love this scene because yeah. it, it's it's such a different look at it than a regular TV show we do at that era. You
1: kind of think, well, maybe these gang members actually do have hearts. Yeah, I think D'Angelo. I think I I think I'm seeing more of D'Angelo's heart. to Tell you the truth, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Avon, but you know because he's running around with all these girls, they meet up with one of his. Uh, they meet up with a, a woman that was friends with one of his girlfriends and she was really obsessed and possessive of him, right?
0: They well, the cops, uh-huh. meaning Jimmy and Bunk, talk to a girl who is friends with Avon's ex girlfriend, the one who D'Angelo killed.
1: Oh, that way yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so we were finding out about her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that she was possessive and
0: yeah. There's so many great things. I also love how Avon is so paranoid about using the phone. He gets picked up and he's like, this is at the beginning of the episode. He says, I think I'm going to have to get rid of my girl's cell phone. They drive by a phone booth and he's like, man, I used this phone booth yesterday. Yeah. I love, I love little details like that in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause I, if I was a criminal, I could see me being like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably imagine that too. Yeah. Like, I can't go to this phone. I used it yesterday.
1: (laughs) They were going to find my fingerprints. Yeah.
0: And people are always like, man, we've been going beyond, uh, above and beyond when being careful with this thing. It's just like, no.
1: No. Yeah.
0: I'm glad you're starting to like the show there. Jaywo. At this point, Mm -hmm. which show do you like more? This or the boys?
1: I don't know. Okay. That's fair. The boys are, I mean, both of them are really, really, you know, Guy shows, mm-hmm. so um, it, it's hard to say. The boys, I think, are a lot more violent than this one.
0: You know what would be, yeah, I can never speak. What I'm not a good speaker, babes. Yes, you are. Okay.
1: <laughs> For the most part.
0: What would be fun? Sometimes what I'll do is when I'm talking to friends, I'll like drop in like a weird reference to a TV show. So I'll say, oh, this is just like, uh, you're acting like Major Kira right now. And I have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: Okay.
0: Next time you talk to one of your sisters, try to say something like, uh, oh, this reminds me of when Avon Barksdale did this. Or you remember when D'Angelo went to that <laughs> restaurant in the
1: wire? I, I'm not sure, actually. No. I mean, The Wire is definitely very realistic, mm-hmm. but The Boys is, you know, it has a little bit of uh, fantasy in it because you're dealing with superheroes, yeah. But they're really bad superheroes, yeah. Um, and there's a there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff on here that makes The Wire seem a little bit more tamer than The uh, Boys. And- than the boys. I, I mean, they're I both it. they're both violent, but I think the wire is is a lot less violent than the boys is.
0: We're going to have to keep watching. Does that they. make sense? I hear you. We're going to have to keep watching the j whoa. whoa. Yes, yes, yes. Very good, babes. Very good. Any other things you want to say about this episode? No. No.
1: No, I think we talked to death. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we ate some tostadas last night. It's pretty good. It was good. The shells were kind of broken, though, but we made it work.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, they were broken near the top of it, but I said, oh, wait a minute. There's some, there's some ones that are uh, intact, but I think what I'll do, because I have some leftover beans, I'm just going to put some of them in a bowl and just eat it like a salad. Nice.
0: Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade.
0: That's right. I always say when uh, you want lemonade oh. and life is giving you something that it comes out of, oh. What?
1: I just said that.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe the change around
1: And then on. And then tonight we're going to make some uh, Mexican rice, which I'm really excited about. Yes, yes. Because I think we made it before, right?
0: I have. I don't know if we've done it together.
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. You gave me some Mexican rice. We didn't make it here. Okay. I remember you gave me a thing of Mexican uh, rice and nice. we did not make it here. So I'm really excited well, good. to eat some.
0: Babes. Yes. I was on Clubhouse in late April, early May of 2021. Uh-huh. And I saw that your girl, Justine Bateman, was hosting a movie room. Uh-huh. She was talking about the film, The Sweet Smell of Success. Uh-huh. And it, it, she made it sound really good. Mm-hmm. So, like, I put that in the back of my mind. we got to watch this movie. And I don't know why, but for some reason I thought it was about the film business. Yeah. It wasn't, but it was really, really good. Do you want to give the recap? No,
1: I'm going to give the uh, recap. Excuse me. I almost said (laughs) repack. Recap of the next one.
0: Okay, good. So I'll talk about The Sweet Smell of Success. Yes. From the 1950s. Now, it's, it makes it sound when you hear about this film that Burt Lancaster is the lead. It's really Tony Curtis, but I think Burt Lancaster was probably a bigger star at the time and he helped produce the movie. Yeah. Which I, I know that producing a movie, it's like a nebulous term. It could just mean that he got it written into his contract if he was going to have that credit, or it could be that he helped really develop the movie from the time it's, they started writing until it was released. Right. But, at least on paper, he's a producer of this movie.
1: Yeah. So, um, so Tony Curtis plays Sidney Falco. Yeah.
0: In my opinion, he's the real star of the film, and I think I, you would
1: agree. Uh, yes, I would. And then uh, Burt Lancaster, I believe, played a uh, J.J. Hunnicutt.
0: The basic plot of it is Burt Lancaster it uh, has this column and a TV show. He's a super popular guy in the industry. And Tony Curtis is basically this PR agent who works for all these different clients. And Bert Lancaster asks him to do a favor to break up the relationship that his sister had with a musician. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of conflicts going on. The sister doesn't want to leave this guy. We know that Bert Lancaster is a lot older than his sister. I think maybe there's some incestuous stuff in this, but I could be I, wrong. I don't think so. Why? It's implied, but why? It, why is he, is he so obsessed with getting his sister out of this relationship?
1: I just think that because she's much younger than him, you know, she, he calls her a kid, you know, he's, she's like 19, right? And that's, yeah. that's pretty young. So I'm guessing that she, he's, he's obsessed with her. Because I'm guessing their parents are both gone. They are. And I don't know if they had any other siblings, but he always said, she's all I've got in this whole world.
0: Okay. To the best of my knowledge, I don't have any brothers or sister, but I'm also not taking... You have a sister. Uh, uh, younger is what I should have said. Yeah. I'm also not taking any 23 in me because something tells me that can get corrected really fast. <laughs> you do have a younger sister. But yeah. you don't talk about her in terms like she's all I have in this world. You're not constantly bringing up her relationship with her husband. And I'm assuming yeah. when she met her husband, you weren't constantly talking about her and her husband. And now oh, he's not good with well, her. I,
1: I, I, him. I didn't know him when they were dating. I, I met him, um, after they got right. married. So. But my point is,
0: uh, you don't talk about your younger sister like that. And no, he
1: does. No, no, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't know that it, I mean, she, I would imagine that she was probably weird out, like, like, oh, I, you know, you're, and, and he's very, and you know this, that, that JJ was very manipulative. Yes. Well, well, anyway, go on with it. You don't. Okay. You don't go on with it.
0: I'm just saying, I think there was some incest there. I don't know that for sure, but that's my theory.
1: Uh, okay. Geez. You always think that way.
0: Oh my goodness. So do you.
1: No, I don't. Okay.
0: <laughs> this all comes to a head. JJ and your man, Sydney. Kind of conspire to ruin the musician's life.
1: His name is Steve.
0: Yes, and Sydney goes along with this. There's this great scene near the end of the movie where JJ is trying to convince Sydney, and Sydney's like, "I wouldn't even do this if you gave me your own column." And he's like, "Sit down." it's like, "Who do you think runs my column when me and my sister go away for the summer, or writes it?" And so the, the, yeah. the impression we get is, "Oh, he actually would do this for this opportunity." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your man Sydney goes to the house. The sister whose name is. Susie. Susay.
1: Susie. Susie. Trice- no, it's not Susie,
0: it's Susie. Uh, okay. <laughs> Susie. <laughs> tries to kill herself by jumping out of a window. <laughs> Tony Curtis pulls her back in, and Bert Lane, the comes in. To rescue her. Thinks that uh, Sydney was trying to have sex with the sister and starts beating him up because she doesn't say anything, because mm-hmm. she's upset with him. For all the things that he's been doing to her man. Eventually, she gets... it she a, stops. Yes, eventually she does. And Tony Curtis leaves. And your man goes chasing she, after She leaves, season. and she said... But they both leave.
1: Yeah, they both leave. She said, you know... Because cause Steve was in the hospital, and she said, I'm going to go be with Steve. And she said, you know, I could... I could hate you for all the things that you've done to me, but I don't.
0: Yeah. Tony Curtis left before then. Yeah. Then she leaves. Bert Lancaster kind of chases after the sister and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. This isn't my favorite film.
1: I, I, I did like it, but it, it I mean, there were some, there were some, um.
0: Well, some, I, w- I wasn't actually done speaking. I'm sorry. But I really enjoyed it. I
1: did too. I hard.
0: thought there was a lot of good stuff in there and it kind of speaks to the idea of. Well, let's address this. Okay, I'm trying to think how to rephrase this. What does this film teach us about how money and power can corrupt somebody?
1: Well, as as you can tell with JJ, because remember when he called nine one one to uh, tell to alert um, them that. Sidney Falco is leaving his house, and he tried to hurt my sister and blah blah blah. he's got connections, and it really did corrupt him and even even Sydney said, "You know you really are you know you really, really manipulate people, and you really have control over people and and he was right
0: that's a great angle, yeah, I was more thinking of how this stuff is corrupting Sydney because oh, he's yeah. willing to sell out his own oh. morals. Yeah. To destroy a couple because it might lead to some opportunities down the road.
1: Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, the, he, it did corrupt him. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah.
0: What does this movie teach us about obsession?
1: It could get a hold of you and before you know it, you're doing crazy things because you're obsessed with that one person. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like, you know, if a girlfriend is ex- is obsessed with an ex-boyfriend or or her current boyfriend or if a boyfriend is ex- obsessed or a husband is obsessed with his wife. Yeah, it could drive a person nutty enough to kill either kill the person that they're obsessed with or kill or, or kill another or kill the person that um they are with.
0: This is only the second movie i've ever seen with burt lancaster the other being the swimmer
1: oh that's right he I stars didn't in even, that movie i didn't even realize and it i
0: believe i believe he also helped produce it but i could be right
1: i totally did not i totally forgot about that i'm glad you mentioned it because yep. he was good in the swimmer
0: it makes me want to watch more movies with him
1: yeah because that was a really good movie
0: i like the swimmer more than the sweet smell of success i did too but they're both they're both worth watching
1: it is, and it really makes you think, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But but Burt Lancaster was very good in The Swimmer, and I totally forgot about that, too.
0: Yes. You had some criticisms of this movie.
1: Well, no, I was a little bit confused, Tell I guess. Oh, um, uh, what did I say? I, I I don't know that I'm confused anymore, but okay. I was confused about the other one.
0: About the other movie?
1: Yeah. I, I had some questions about the other movie, but I think I got I got my questions answered.
0: Okay. I would give The Sweet Smell of Success an eight on a scale from one to ten.
1: Yeah.
0: But I like this second movie better.
1: I give this one an eight, too.
0: You give that to what movie?
1: The, the Sweet Smell of Success. Okay, good. We didn't talk about the other one yet. Good, good, good. <laughs> okay.
0: But we both agree that the other film is better.
1: Yes, absolutely. And,
0: and when it started, at first... Bean Crosby sings a song, and I think to myself, oh, man, did we get into another musical? But as it goes along, yeah. it, it gets really good. And that movie is called The Country Girl, which Miss J-Lo is going to wrap up for okay. us, or describe to us.
1: Describe that wrap up. Yes. I didn't even start yet. Uh-uh. So The Country Girl stars uh, Princess Grace Kelly. Well, yep. she, beca- she becomes Princess Grace of Monaco. Um but before that she was an actress and she did really really well. She played um Georgie Elgin yes. and Frank Elgin was played by none other than Bing Crosby which I didn't even realize until um the movie went on.
0: And Billy Holden, isn't it?
1: William Holden. Yes. Billy Holden. William Holden is a director for this um play this uh this play, right? Yes. This play that they're doing called The Land Around Us and and it's a, uh, it's a musical, I believe. And he, um, uh, he auditions Frank Elgin and says, okay, I, I think he should wait out here. And he talks to, uh, the guy, I think his name is Mr. Cook. I forgot what his name is. He calls him Cookie. Yeah, I
0: think it is Mr. Cook. And he's the financer of this play.
1: And he says, I don't like this guy. He's not good. And, William Holden says, no, I think he's great. I think we should put him in here and we should sign a two uh, – we should uh, finance a two-week contract.
0: Well, can I maybe yes, correct yeah. you a little bit? Yes, yes. Okay, so Frank Elgin used to be a big star, but he kind of ruined his career through alcoholism and being right. unreliable. And Cook says, yeah, he just did a great song, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be able to carry a play. William Holden advocates for him, and Cook says, okay, he's your responsibility, and I'm only giving him a two-week contract.
1: Yeah, so they so they look for him. Uh, William Holden goes back to uh, find uh, Frank Elgin. Yes. William Holden, I think his name was Bernie – I forgot what his name Sanders. was. Sanders. Not Bernie Sanders, no. Not, he no, was that- against the 1%. Not Bernie Sanders. Go ahead. Bernie something. I forgot what his name was. But he was the director, and they go to – he goes to um, the Elgin's place, meets Georgie Eldrin, played by uh, Grace Kelly, and realizes that she may be uh, a problem for him being in the play because she's so domineering, or at least she seems very domineering. Mm Mm-hmm. They get him in the play, uh, things start to kind of go very south for Frank because um, he was listening to his old records, um, listening to his uh, recordings of things that he made for other plays, and one of them... Uh, brings back a flashback of of when their son died um by accident by getting hit bit, hit by a car
0: when Frank was supposed to be watching him
1: right yes. and he kept thinking that he was very irresponsible and he's been beating himself up his wife is trying to keep him afloat meanwhile Bernie thinks that she's a horrible person and they're going to go to Boston and do this play.
0: Yes. Before they take it to New York.
1: Right. They go to Boston. There's an understudy there with, uh, you know, waiting in the wings in case something happens and he flops. Yes. Um,
0: by the way, that's standard in productions of plays, but just so you know,
1: I think a lot of people do unless they haven't watched a play in their life.
0: Oh, but anyway.
1: Um, and so th- Bernie sees that as a problem and says, Your wife has to go to New York. And if she doesn't go, then we can't continue with you in the play.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Things come to a head. He he drinks a lot and they find him in a drunken stupor. Uh, And it's interesting because he, he acts one way around the actors. When he's smiling and he's happy. Yes but when he's in the hotel room with his wife it's i'm drinking i have to drink this cough syrup cuz i have this terrible cold and to me
0: to me sorry to interrupt you as somebody who has kind of worked on the fringes of show business that is such a believable thing it is i i completely bought into it yeah and I want to interrupt you also again to talk uh, for a minute about the understudy. After yeah. the first night in, sh- in uh, Boston, he goes backstage, is talking with your girl, and says, I want you to have a discussion uh, with Bernie because I don't like the way that the understudy is just looking at me. So she talks to him, <clears throat> and then Bernie... Brings it up with Bing Crosby and Bing is just like, Oh, no, it's no problem at all. I understand that he's an understudy. Yeah, yeah. And he's just trying to do his job. I totally bought into that. Yeah. Having known so many artists.
1: I believed it too because he didn't, he wanted to look a certain way so that people didn't think that he had a problem.
0: Exactly.
1: And, and I get that. Well, things come to a head. He gets into a drunken stupor. Bernie tells Georgie, "Look, you have to go to New York. I'm going to have him move in with me and take care of him because he really feels like he could be something, and he's trying to advocate for him." And Georgie says, "Okay, fine. If you think that you can take on this responsibility, you know, I, I, I mean, nothing would be better than to wake up in a in a room by myself, and you know, I, I, I will only want him to be on his." You know, his, his feet again. And, and then in the midst of all of that, she says, why are you holding me? What are you doing? And then he kisses her. Yes. Which I totally didn't expect. And
0: what she didn't expect it either. She's upset with yeah. this.
1: And she, but then she looks at him and she says, no one has ever talked to me like a woman in years. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I thought it was, that must have been some kiss. I'm sure. Anyway, um, And so
0: she leaves, goes back to New York, goes
1: back to New York. Yep.
0: And Bing Crosby overhears Bernie talking to Cookie and Cookie's basically the saying, I really want this guy out of the play. Yeah. This causes Bing Crosby to step up his performance skills. We fast forward to now it's closing night in the first show in New York. We get the sense that Bing is doing really good. Cookie invites him to a party. He goes there with Gene Kelly. Grace Kelly. Sorry, Grace Kelly. I, God, I Jean always Kelly. do that. Gene Kelly
1: is a man. I
0: know. <laughs> I'm dyslexic.
1: But we both we have both met are. female. I am not. Okay. <laughs> you say sorry. Sorry, Dave. You say sorry. Sorry. Kiss your hand. Bitch. Okay.
0: Oh. Okay. 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 They're at this party. He notices that Grace Kelly isn't around. Yep. Goes into the study. She's hanging out with William Halden. Yep. Kind of gives him the business. He leaves the room. She realizes that she can't be with Bernie. And from a- no, no, no,
1: she can't be with um she she can't be with um uh uh what's his name Frank
0: no no frank goes in she tells him that he leaves and then she's hanging out with bernie and realizes that she can't be with bernie okay so she leaves the room they kind of stare at each other and that's basically the end of the movie
1: oh i thought she did end up with bernie i know that um i know that she tells frank that you know we you know we're not good for each other anymore and
0: she he does. Is. She yeah. does. But after he leaves the room, she hangs out with Bernie for a while longer and realizes that she has to be with Frank. Oh, really? That's the impression I got from the movie.
1: I thought she wasn't going to be with any of them.
0: No, yeah. no, no. The impression I got is that after hanging out with Bernie, she realizes that she needed to be there for her
1: man. So how did she? So what happened, though, after they looked I, at I'm each telling other you what happened. Right. They
0: looked at each other and then the movie ends. Oh, wow. Yeah and the implication is well, that they're going to get back together.
1: Well no because remember when they were talking and and Frank notices that you know they're looking at each other longingly. I
0: know, I'm telling you. Yes, that happened and after he left the room, she's talking with Bernie and realizes that she can't be with Bernie.
1: But I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Go ahead. This is where I, this is where I was confused. Tell me. Um she told Frank that, hey, uh you know, we, you know, we, you know, Frank was like, I gave you 10 of the roughest years, almost co- comparable to a concentration 10 of the roughest
0: camp. years outside of anybody <laughs> like the, who was in the, the concentration, concentration camp. Great line. <laughs> I love that
1: line. I thought that was great. Yes. I'm like, wow, was it really that bad? <laughs> and, and, uh, funny, too. <laughs> and... You know, and he's realizing, you know what? Um, I'm not going to put this woman through this anymore. She needs to be on her own. So it sounded like they both gave up the relationship
0: to me. I hear what you're saying, but here's what you're missing. Yes, at that point. Then what happens is he leaves the room. She can't be with Bernie. She leaves the room. She looks at him. He looks at her. And the implication to me was they're going to get back together.
1: Okay. And we'll never know. We'll never know. No and
0: well, you know, with all these reboots. And they died. And they died. But you know, what <laughs> happened to these characters in The Country Girl? Should we really be left without knowing? Why can't we have The Country Girl Part 2?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think we should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe, we'll tie, wanna... maybe we can tie these characters into a Fraser reboot. I guess.
1: don't think we want to put... Uh, I don't, I think we want to suffer through a, through another, uh, sequel outside of a concentration camp.
0: I mean, maybe that we haven't explored (laughs) the country girl cinematic universe. (laughs) And we need a a story about Cookie. What happened with him after this, you know? And, and Bernie, that could be its own TV series, right? And maybe Uh, they meet up with some Marvel characters.
1: I think Cookie is a, just a disgruntled financier.
0: I love that we're never going to see a sequel to this movie, but my interpretation of it was they're going to get back together, and this whole cycle of torturing each other will go on again and
1: again. <laughs> go on again and again, yeah. yes. I,
0: I I love that I don't know that for sure.
1: Right. But he was he was so good. Ben Crosby was
0: so they're good. They're all in this good in this yeah. movie. Everyone. This is a gem. <laughs> yeah. That I've only heard a couple people talk about. And it's mainly not an analysis of this movie. They'll say. Oh Grace Kelly won an Oscar for. I think it's best supporting actress for this film. Hmm. But they they really won't talk about this movie today. If I would have known about this film. So I, I think in retrospect. It would have been cool to do a triple feature of William Holden movies. Start out the night with Sons of Boulevard do the country girl and end the night with network because in each of the films he's the voice of reason and they're all commentary on our media uh uh-huh. right this is like a, these three movies are like an unofficial trilogy first you see william holden as like the young man who is this boy toy -hmm. Then you see him as an adult who's at the height of his powers, who's trying to bring somebody back from the past Uh whose career has been ruined. Uh And then you see him as the older man who's kind of losing power and sees the decline of his friends and experiences kind of the disintegration of a marriage and the disillusionment of being with a younger woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: this is a really weird trilogy. It is, and I wish I would have thought, known about the, seen this yeah. film earlier, so we could have watched it in that way.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wonder if um that one lady who played Norma Desmond was in other stuff, like, because she was really good in Sunset Boulevard.
0: I think she was. Yeah, I think she used to be a silent film star for real, uh, in real life. Oh, really? And the guy who played her husband in the movie like he's like a waiter but he was her first husband. Yeah. was a silent film director and I believe he directed her in movies back in the
1: night. Oh, that was really her husband.
0: Well, he was really a silent film director. I don't know if they were married in real life. Then.
1: But but she but he played her husband in the movie. Yeah. Okay.
0: <clears throat> um if you ever pass away. I will eventually. And now, the joke is, when I'm an old man and Alana's dead and I have the Green, Gertrude, and Hammond podcast. With, Green,
1: Gertrude?
0: Yeah, and Hammond. Like, when I'm 85 and I'm dating a, some young chippy in her late 70s and Gertrude, we'll do Green, Gertrude, and Hammond. Me and Gertrude are going to watch these three films and call it the William Halden trilogy.
1: Oh, my goodness. What?
0: You don't want to hear... Well, I mean, I guess if you're Green Gertrude and Hammond, it's going to be from heaven.
1: You're so funny. Thank you, babes. <laughs> Gertrude sounds like a really old name.
0: She's going to be old by the time we start dating babes. Because you're going to be
1: dead. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, we don't even know if we're going to spend the rest of our life together yet.
0: Well... And again, I hate to address the elephant in the room. We don't even know if we're gonna be alive by the end of next We don't. We really don't. I this thing could turn nuclear really quickly. But we're we're doing this under the assumption that we will live past March. I I think we I think we
1: will. I I uh I think we will, but I mean we... I
0: think the odds are in our favor. Yes. But they're they're a lot less high than they were on Thursday. Oh but, anyways, uh, check for Green Gertrude and Hammond wherever you get your podcast. But it doesn't launch <laughs> for like another 45 years. So <laughs> keep that in mind. What? Green Gertrude and Hammond coming in 2067, <laughs> <laughs> assuming we live there.
1: What are you what? Oh promoting
0: my new podcast with my new young girlfriend, Gertrude?
1: <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be Agnes or Agatha.
0: Well, okay. We're going to do Green, Gertrude, and Hammond. And then after she dies, when I'm 92, I'm going to eat some young chippy who's around 87. <laughs> and we're going to do Green, Agnes, and Hammond.
1: Green, Agnes,
0: So yes. two new podcasts for you j <laughs> okay? well, But anyways, I plan to show Gertrude <laughs> in this order. Sunset Boulevard, the country girl, and then... Network and it's going to be the unofficial William Holden trilogy on
1: media. Oh my
0: god! And I like too that it's like it's in chronological order. Uh-huh. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's really
1: <laughs>
0: interesting how reality can kind of come together in that
1: way. Because William, I mean William, that this was like in the was it the forties or the fifties when he did um, Sunset Boulevard?
0: Sunset Boulevard is nineteen fifty. Country Girl is like fifty six. Yeah. And I want to say. Network is seventy six.
1: Yeah, so he was much older than Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I enjoyed this movie.
1: I know it was great.
0: And I really wish I'd heard about it sooner.
1: Yeah, and the and the I mean Gene, I almost said Gene Kelly. Um, they were just phenomenal. Each of them, yeah, were just fantastic. Even the supporting characters that did, didn't have a lot of parts they were just all good and the music in the movie was great. Okay. Yeah.
0: What can we learn to the, about what can we learn from these characters about how people lie to themselves?
1: Well, I, okay. So I didn't mention this, but remember how uh, Frank was saying, Oh, my wife couldn't get over our son's death, And she never used to be this way. And she was the one who cut her wrists and, She just drank a lot. But really what he was saying is that I was the one who did all those things. Mm -hmm. And she was telling him, you have to tell, you have to tell Bernie the truth that that wasn't me. And she was the one that was trying to be his rock, which you wouldn't have known that in the beginning because she was just so, um, closed off. Yeah. She seemed very closed off. She seemed very stern. Uh, and I thought it was kind of interesting, too, that when when they got to the theater, she's like, ah, dark theater. And it is so mysterious. I love that. Yeah.
0: I, I also love that all three of our main characters are lying to themselves.
1: Yes, they right? are.
0: Because you have the obvious Frank's telling these lies, and he's making it seem like, you know, she needs him. Yeah. Right? But then... Your girl, Jean Kelly, is also... Grace
1: Kelly, bubs. Your
0: girl... I said that so you catch it. <laughs> She's telling lies, too. <laughs> yes. She She has this myth that Frank is going to fall apart without her. Yes. And he, he actually ends up rebuilding himself in a way. He
1: does. She does.
0: He does. And then Bernie... And he does, I mean. Yeah. Bernie's lying to himself at the beginning of the movie because he's thinking, well, I'm just going to... Help Frank out and it's going to be no big deal. And I, It'll be and I'm one gonna talk. Get,
1: and I'm also going to get this woman out of my hair because, and I honestly thought in the beginning of the movie that Bernie was a, um, a male chauvinist, to tell you the truth. I could see that. Because he's like, oh, I can't, I don't like strong women and you're a strong woman and I can't stand you, right? Yeah. But he was lying to himself because really he thought it was attractive.
0: I hear you, babes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Which I thought, wow, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he was lying to himself as well.
0: I'm definitely going to rewatch this movie at some point before I show it to Gertrude and Agnes. (laughs) Now, (laughs) we already know that I'm going to recommend these films to Gertrude and Agnes. (laughs) Yes,
1: I would recommend it to my family.
0: Oh, really? And what's your elevator pitch?
1: Um, well, I guess the first one would be, uh, never trust an older sibling if they're that obsessed with you. And then the second one would be, uh, look at these characters and examine yourself, uh, examine yourself to, to see if you're actually lying to yourself or telling the truth.
0: Are you going to s- try to sell the country girl? As part of a trilogy? No. Okay, I'm not. Okay, but I you, think it's you do I, you do see where I'm coming from? Yes, now. I okay. do.
1: Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Very good. Yes, babes. Yeah. Is
0: there anything else you want to talk about? Because I know we didn't dream because we talked about that.
1: No. In private. No. no. I oh, know what.
0: Are we allowed to talk about the theory that I have?
1: I guess. It's fun to talk about I don't agree with it, though.
0: (laughs) According to Alana, we have something like a thousand dreams a night. We just don't always remember
1: them. We remember only a few of them.
0: And I have the idea of, well, what if I'm in a long-term relationship with somebody in my dreams... But because I don't remember all of them, I just never remember to dream with this girl. But, like, I could be married and have kids with a girl who I see every night when I'm asleep. And we even talked about, like, writing a book. And we we're going to call it, like, Dream Girl. Dream Man. Dream Man?
1: He said Dream Man.
0: Okay. Uh, what was the subtitle? Something Sleeping.
1: Dream Man, A Sleepy Relationship. A Very Sleepy Relationship, I think it was.
0: Okay. <laughs> We, it, but you, you completely dismiss that idea. You don't think there's any truth to the fact.
1: No, I think it's a fun story, but I don't think that there's really any truth to it. I mean, I've had dreams where there were guys in my dreams that I ended up with, but then I never saw them again.
0: You don't think that I'm competing with some dream dude right now for your love?
1: No, of course not. Okay. No, because my love is real.
0: Well, yeah, but your dreams may be too. It could be an alternate <laughs> reality,
1: babe. He says that as he kisses my hand. Yes. Oh, my goodness.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about there, J Wo?
1: Uh, no, but I'm kind of hungry, so. Yeah, you,
0: we, you should really give me some snacks. And me, too. Yeah, I knew too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my badness. All right, babe, give me a kiss, and then we'll wrap this up. Stop it. Stop it, babes. Bubbs. Babes, can me a
1: kiss. You're distracting. Give me a kiss, okay? Oh, they're not distracting me, right, babes. Oh, stop. All right. Thank you.
0: All right, babes.
1: Okay.
0: I love you.
1: I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.